You're listening to the Overcast. Sunshine on a cloudy day. Part of the Oversoul Gaming Channel. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Overcast, your joke-making, fun-having pop culture podcast. I am your host, Justin, a.k.a. Oversoul. And I am your co-host, Nick, a.k.a. The Vaping Fiend. Indeed, and like always, we bring you sunshine on a cloudy day. And, um... Yes. There's much sunshine to be had in the near future, Mm -hmm. because the Game Awards are damn near upon us, and, um... Not only is it the video game Oscars, but more fun, but it's also an excuse for a mini E3 where a bunch of video games get announced and trailers get shown yes. and stuff like yes. that. So, yes. Yes. Um, you know, some people tune in for one, some for the other, and some for both. I am in the third category. And uh, every year I really enjoy this. So th- something I've always wanted to do and never really had the opportunity to do was uh, do, like, a predictions, Game Award predictions uh, discussion. And uh, now I have that chance with this podcast. So that's what that topic is going to be for this episode. We'll be going through each of the nominees uh, in this year's Game Awards categories and giving our predictions on who we think is going to win. But also, we'll be voting on the ones that we would like to see win. And believe it or not... User votes do account towards 10% of the total, uh, like, consideration for winnings in this. Yes. So, um, it's like 90% voted on by a panel of judges and, uh, 10% voted on by the rest of us on this website. So, Mm -hmm. it does, it does count for something. About as much as a real election. (laughs) Um. Right. Oh, edgy. Anyways, Uh, oh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but we'll, uh, we'll be, um, getting into the, uh, into the votes and all that, that later. We'll also talk about our predictions for the announcements and talk about some games that got snubbed at the nominees and all that. The nominees at the time, by the time you're listening to this was last week on Monday the 13th, but there's only a certain time of day and a certain day of the week that we can record these. So, uh, right. We get them out as fast as we can. We're not South Park. Um, Right. Exactly. (laughs) But all that being the case, uh, we're going to be like doing, uh, like voting as we're talk- talking on the show, so we'll be live voting. Yes, and there will be, for those of you watching, um, I will have video footage of my screen pulled up if you're watching this on YouTube. When we get to that part later, you'll be able to see and read along as we go um, each of these categories and such. So, uh, yep, we'll have that. And much more to look forward to. And we will have a media corner in this episode, but it'll be a little bit different, folks, because I'm actually going to opt out of anything in the media corner this episode because all all of my things I realized were video games, and I'm going going to talk about them during the topic anyway, so I'm just going to save it for that. But Nick here does have three things for us. One piece of news... One review and one recommendation, and so we will give him the floor during that section. But before that, 
life updates. Anything yeah. worth mentioning? Uh, let's see. I, um, um, okay. So, yeah, I, um, I recently started playing, uh, the second Dark Pictures anthology game, Little Hope. I don't know how I feel about it yet. Like, I don't think I've gotten too far into the story to know what I can, I can, I know what to know how to feel about it. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it does, and that's fair enough. It was definitely my least favorite of the first season. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, no, Man in Medan was a quick playthrough. Like, that was a very, like, short game, but that's... They're not it, long. You it, see it, that my, my Let's Play of The Devil and Me is only ten episodes, and they're all, like, a half hour. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely... Definitely a short game, um, but I liked it. They have high replayability, though, these games. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because there's so many different ways the story could end. Right, right. Um, all right, well, how's uh, work, I guess? Uh, work is, work's been busy. Um, I would expect it. Yeah, no, they, uh, there was one night I, I went to work. And I, we started the shift, and the 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 truck that I they usually have me in, uh, was already filled. Like seventy five percent of the way full, so we ended up in the second trailer, uh, very quickly. And the dude that I was working with. Uh, just so happened to be a wrestling fan. And uh, so we get to talking about wrestling. And when you get me talking about the WWE, I easily I lose track of time. So, wrestling. yeah, d- dude, look, I, that, that, that night went, that night went by so fucking quick i shit you not i'm talking i i can't remember what i was talking to him about about last i think it was something having to do with bray wyatt it had to have been something that, I, I don't know. it was re- irrelevant but basically our supervisor had come up to us and be like hey you got you, do you guys want to get out of here i'm like what what the fuck time is it I look at my watch, and it's like 2.22 in the morning. I'm like, oh, shit. See, I told you when I, when I, when I, when I, when I get to talking about the WWE, I lose track of time, and that, that night went <laughs> by super fucking fast, bro. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I, I get it. I get it. I have obsessions that I can info dump about for Bro. a long time. Oh, man. Very extensive lore-heavy video game franchises like Kingdom Hearts. 
Yes. I could go on and on about. Yeah. And yeah, no, this this dude and I share the share the uh, the exact the the same uh, opinion of Logan Paul. Logan Paul's a piece of shit. Yeah, I think most (laughs) sensible people share that opinion. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, fair enough. Um, Yeah, I honestly can't say that there's much going on for me right now either. Oh, man. I I realized that I announced that I had found work in an episode that we recorded that hasn't come out yet and won't until the beginning of December. So Uh it's worth mentioning to people now because this episode is going to be coming out within the week of us recording it. Yes. Um, And there are two episodes that we've already recorded that are coming out after this one. Yes. Um, As I mentioned in the last episode we recorded, which is the next one you'll hear, folks, this mm-hmm. is, um, <laughs> boy, man, man, the multiverse is really fucking things around, isn't it? Um, it really is. <laughs> anyways, though, um, no, truth be told, though, that there is a, there's a method to the madness there. We've recorded these out of order for a reason, but they are still intended to be listened to in the order that they're put out in. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so all that being said, yeah, um, So for those who don't know yet, I did find new work at a retail store, um, and uh, it's pretty decent so far. I just, I I break down pallets and separate the the things, and then I I stock the electronic section. This is not a big store, this is not a major store, and it's just seasonal right now, so there's no guarantee that I'll still be there when the holidays end, but right. Uh, that also depends, it's not about your performance exclusively, it also depends on how much money the store makes. Um, right. So, but, um, so far so good, can't complain too much, it is a right. job, so there's that. Outside of that, though, just been, you know, the usual nonsense and hubbubaloo um yeah and i yeah i already i talked about everything else in other episodes that you fine folks will hear in the future (laughs) um you know truth be told i don't know what our thanksgiving plans are yet or christmas for that matter but eh, i guess i'll find out when the time comes (laughs) i'm hoping to go over to my mom's for a little bit for Thanksgiving. But yeah, not a whole lot new, not a whole lot different. Just the same old, same old as it goes. Right. <clears throat> well then, um, I guess that'll do it for the life updates, or I guess rather lack thereof. We'll just, uh... Right. We'll just shimmy on over into the media corner real quick, because if I'm being honest, the topic is going to be the meat and potatoes of this episode. <laughs> Yes, yes it is. $12,000. It's a dog. That's a lot. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Media Corner, the section of the show where we give news, reviews, and recommendations. And uh, as I previously stated, I'm going to be opting out of this episode's Media Corner and reserving the things I want to talk about for during the topic. So... Mm -hmm. This is going to be the Nicholas Show today. If you, yes, uh, it is. 
want to go ahead and take the stage. I may have some input on some of the things you're talking about, but for the most part, yeah. it's, it's all you, my friend, so go nuts in whatever all order. Right. So, you know, I'm going to start with my review for the Dark Pictures anthology Man of Medan. I have since beat this game uh, and I loved every minute of it. And I actually, the only person I wasn't able to save was Conrad, uh, the uh, annoying brother of um, the girlfriend's sister. Played by Sean Ashmore. Yes. So. The, the 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 plot of this game four friends and their captain set sail on a holiday diving trip to find a rumored world war 2 wreck but it but as the day unfolds a storm rolls in and soon their their trip changes into something much more sinister the fact that this is like a ghost ship bruh like it's not even like it's not even ghosts. It's fucking it's it's the it's what was it? It was it was almost like the 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 mist on the that was in the air on the ship was getting into their systems and it was fucking with them. Oh, this was such a good game. I loved every minute of it. Normally, I'd call a spoiler alert, but I think this game is past its statute of limitations, so I'll allow it. Yeah, yeah, because this game pack came back. Game came out in what twenty nineteen, something like that. Yeah, there's been literally three Dark Pictures games since. So, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this was such a good game. I'd give it a 8.5. Okay. 8.5. I'd give it a, an, 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 yeah, an 8.5 because it was a short game. I loved every minute of it, but they, they, they could have done more with it. Right. So, since you said that, I was, I was gonna, I'm glad you said that because I have a recommendation for you on that. With that game, if you go back and replay it, do the director's cut. Uh, you should have unlocked that after finishing it once. Um, yes. Otherwise, I think it's a free DLC or something. But or yes. it was uh, okay. So do the director's the the, the cu- curator's cut. The curator's cut. Yes, and here's why: because what that is is everything you didn't see when characters split up, you will see on that playthrough. So, you know how the Dark Pictures... Oh, god damn it. The okay. Dark, the Dark Pictures games have co-op, right? Well... Yes. When you're doing co-op in those games, um, during moments when characters split up, the player one gets to experience the story from the perspective of... um. Your first playthrough, your first normal playthrough, like you just did. Okay. Player two gets to experience the curator's cut experience during that. So, for example, in the beginning of the game, when the two when two of the characters dive underwater to go explore the sunken ship or whatever, and some of them stay back up on the boat, 
Play, uh-huh. Player one goes down in the water, and player two stays up on the boat. Oh, shit. So if you play the game again and the curator's cut during that scene, you'll be one of the characters up on the boat while the other two are down underwater diving. Okay. Now, here is the downside to that. It does mean that choices that you made in your first playthrough will be being made by AI in your second playthrough. And you'll be oh. and you'll be making different choices, which means that the computer can actually get characters killed on your second playthrough. God damn it! <sighs> but it's worth it. It's worth the curator's cut to see the alternate perspective. Because here's a fun one, right? You know the part where um, I forget the characters' names, but the blonde girl is coming up on her boyfriend, and she looks like a monster to him, and you have the option yeah. whether or not to stab her. Um, yeah. Like, okay, so at that point, I didn't do it because I figured it out. But that that right there, that's a trick to try and get you to kill one of the characters to see if you've been paying attention to the story or not, you know? That makes sense. That's what that is, because if you haven't been paying attention and you think it's real, then your first instinct is going to be to stab it, right? But oopsie doodle, yeah. I killed a friend, you know? <laughs> right. And they do shit like that throughout all of these games, which I really appreciate. Um the devil in me being one of the biggest culprits of it, quite frankly, there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of, um, gotcha, uh, choices, Mm -hmm. choices in that one. (laughs) So, uh, a lot of red herrings, a lot of like, Ooh, I thought I did the right thing, but I guess I didn't type situations. So yes. Um, I'm glad you liked it. Um, I hope you definitely finish Little Hope, if only to get, like, the continuation of the curator's story out of that, and then House of Ashes. Yeah. I really hope you like that one, too, because that one is a, um, House of Ashes is more of a action horror, and I would compare it to the likes of, like, Alien or Resident Evil in that regard. Okay. Um, it's, a that one is actually one of my favorites, in the franchise, it made my top ten the year it came out. So did the devil in me, um, and okay. the the other two did not. The other two did not make my top ten the years they came out. So that should say something. Um, and House of Ashes is uh, that one is about it takes place during the war in Iraq, and a bunch of American and Iraqi soldiers get trapped underground, and there's a bunch of like demon creatures that are hunting them, and they have to work together to survive. Right. So, it's really good. That's, it's more action-y because you have guns and shit in that one. But mm-hmm. but still really cool. Um, but yeah, they add shooting segments to that one. So All right. Yeah, they just, they just get, they, they get better and better as they go. The Devil in Me has been my favorite so far, but I'm a little biased because of like the saw trap aspect of it. <laughs> gotcha. So, but I think you're going to like that one too because of that same reason. <laughs> Okay. You know, I mean, it, it's a it's a Jason type serial killer, but doing jigsaw type traps. You know, mm-hmm. so eight out of five. Um, you just wanted them to do more with it, though. You said that was your only caveat. The more, is yeah, that was my own. That was my only caveat. Was that I, they could have done more with it. The more is the curator's cut. Okay. Yeah. Or if you play right. it, or if you play it co-op, because situations like the stabby situation, the other player, yeah. can, the other player can be like, "Bro, you fucking stabbed me," <laughs> you know? Right. Okay. All right. What else you got for us? 
Alright, so there's a show on Paramount Plus that I heard about recently, so I decided to check it out. It's called uh, Colin from Accounts. This is an Australian show. Crikey! So all the the all of the uh, actors and actresses are Australian, and it's uh it's, uh, it's Ashley and Gordon, two single-ish complex humans, who are brought together by a car accident and an injured dog. Flawed, funny people choosing each other and being brave enough to show their true selves and navigate life together. So, I want to say what the accident and the dog have in common because it's the reason I've, I I decided to check it out in the first place. Okay. Because it was in the articles that I have been reading about it. So it's not technically considered a spoiler. Um... We call these perhaps mild spoilers, just in case there's anyone that goes on full media blackout. I think this, they think it was also in the trailer for the show, too. Yeah, media blackout means they don't watch trailers. Right. So, basically, Ashley is uh, leaving to go to her... The whatever she's whatever she's going to, and Gordon is on his way to work, and there's this dog crossing the street at the same time Ashley's crossing the street, and Ashley pulls her shirt down and flashes Gordon, distracting him, and hence hitting the dog. Oh shit! I think I've seen a trailer for this now that you mention it and i i don't remember where it's called colin from accounts and i can't say why it's called why the name of the show is called colin from accounts oh i know where i saw the trailer on paramount plus itself before an episode of yellow jackets okay yeah no this is an interesting show I can't i can't say why it's called colin from accounts because that would be technically considered a spoiler Okay, fair enough. You have me intrigued, though. <laughs> it's funny, bro. Like they're they're only four episodes in, and I only got to episode what episode three, well, and b- before I fell asleep, that is. What um, you? Yeah, no, never. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. You know what, though? I give you shit for falling asleep watching movies and stuff all the time, but full disclosure, cards on the table here, I once fell asleep actively playing a video game, right? I was playing... Bro, um, I did did that last night, actually. You you don't understand, though. This isn't one of those fall asleep during a cutscene and wake up when you reloaded back in or you died because you loaded into a fight. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, this wasn't one of those scenarios. This was, I was playing, I think it was Shadow of the Tomb Raider, the third one in the reboot trilogy, and I was in an Uh area that had like a semi-open map, and I was running um, across the map, and... uh, I'm going to get a collectible or something, and I started nodding off, and I fell asleep while still pushing forward on the stick, 
and I woke up. <laughs> I woke up a few minutes later, and I was still pushing forward on the stick. And I look up, and Laura, <laughs> Laura Croft is just staring at a wall. Um, <laughs> so somehow I managed to make it. That's amazing. Uh, to a completely different location of the map while I was asleep. That's amazing. Yeah, you heard of sleepwalking? Oh Try sleep gaming, bitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> It wasn't oh, very bro. effective sleep gaming, but it happened. No, no, I, oh, no, I did that same shit last night. I was in the middle of like wandering through the police station on Little Hope, mm, mm-hmm. and I went to turn my PlayStation on to 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 continue before before hopping on here to record, and I got the notification on my PlayStation. It said. Your PlayStation turned off to save power. <laughs> My ass fucking fell asleep. <laughs> it happens. Thank God for rest mode. You can just jump straight right. back into where you left off. Right. Yeah, no, like, that's exactly what happened. Like, seamlessly. But okay. Well, this show sounds... You've got my interest. It's it's a good recommend. I think I'll have mm-hmm. to watch this. Especially because yeah, no, now I'm it's, picturing the trailer and your description of it. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I'm in. But okay, anything else you want to say about this accounting show? Uh, hmm. there's not much I can say. I mean, it there's 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 eight episodes for this because this is a this is a brand new show. Um, uh, they're on their first season, so they're only four episodes in, and there's eight episodes total for this the for the first season. So I can't give I can't. I don't really know how know know what to say about it yet, but I'm gonna hold off on going back to it until all of the episodes are streaming. Okay. Because yeah, I'm gonna yeah. I I felt I admittedly fell asleep uh, before the fourth episode could start. So yeah, I'm probably gonna need to go back and watch episode three. I'll probably just start, restart the whole show, to be honest, once the whole show is out. Fair enough. All right. It sounds interesting. I'll have to give it, it a go. It's, it's, it's funny. Don't, it, 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 it is funny. So, I'm yeah, work- no, it's, it's, it's a recommend. I'm working my way through season two of Yellow Jackets now, so I'll, it, I'm going to finish that before I jump on anything else, but that has been okay. phenomenal uh, so far. So, um... I think the show is a lot more paranormal than I thought it was going to be. Gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> so. Okay. All right. What else you got? All right. So I was looking for something to watch uh, on the that, that new streaming platform on PlayStation, that Sony Pictures thing that has movies included with your PlayStation Plus subscription. Core. Yeah. Yeah. Sony Pictures Core. Uh, and I saw an ad for something and it intrigued me because my first thought was hmm would this be would this be a way of marvel introducing spider-gwen to the mcu but again this is a sony pictures this is a sony pictures film so this is part of that universe so not part of the mcu unfortunately no 
Although it is MCU adjacent, I guess you could say it is because Ven- yeah because Venom was in one of the MCU movies, sorta. Yes, he was in a credit scene. He, he was in it in a credit scene. Yeah. So, so this is Madam Web. Madam Web tells the standalone origin story of one of Marvel Publishing's most enigmatic heroines. This is basically. I wouldn't say an exact retelling of the Peter Parker story because it's he's not she's not in high school. She's an EMT. This movie has a young Ben Parker in it too from what I saw. Right. I'm thinking yeah. I'm thinking this is more a alternate universe scenario. Right. This is yeah, and Emma Roberts is plays Mary Parker. Very nice. Mary Parker, let's see. Uh Adam Scott is Ben Parker. Wait, wasn't Mary Parker Sp- Spider-Man's mom? Mary. Because because uh, May, May and Ben were his aunt and uncle, but I think Mary was his mom's name. I could be wrong. I'm looking... No, you're right. Hold on. Hold on a second. I smell some fuckery. Okay. Oh, god damn it. I just... I'm really hoping this isn't gonna be another Tobey Maguire Spider-Man scenario. Because... I mean, I don't get me wrong. I loved the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films, but I know they don't necessarily. Do they follow the comics? I um, I'm not sure what you're getting at. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. <sighs> um, I mean, every superhero movie adaptation loosely follows the comics to some degree. You know, well, yeah. while also making it their own. There's been a million Spider-Man stories, know. just like there's been a million Batman stories, so. Right. This seems uh, to be like an alternate history multiversal movie type situation. Yeah. Or Or maybe a prequel of some sort. Yeah, it could be that too. It's possible. But the Sony Spider-Verse movies tie very loosely into the Tom Holland ones. Yeah. Because we had... We had, uh... I think we're supposed to assume that any Marvel Marvel property that's not part of the MCU directly, like the main MCU timeline, is, um... Anything that's not part of that timeline is part of the multiverse, basically. Right, yeah, that that makes sense. On Loki, they call the main timeline the sacred timeline. It's been confirmed as Earth-616. Um, so, okay. So all the other timelines, and we've seen some of the multiverse in the MCU movies and stuff, but all the other Marvel properties that aren't part of the main MCU are all part of the multiverse. Oh, Mike Epps is in this. Oh, nice. Mike Epps is in this. He's funny. Yeah, he is. 
Is that um, notable... Dakota Johnson is the main character? Yeah. Dakota Johnson is uh, Madam Webb's uh, and or uh, Cassandra Webb. Yep, yep. Okay. It seems like it's not just exclusively like spider powers like Spider-Man, though. There seems to be some like actual like powers powers going on here. Some kind of like... Yeah, and yeah. Sydney Sweeney is the role of Julia Carpenter. Some like magic and shit. Yeah. I don't see any other notable names that I recognize. So when is Madam Web? Uh, when is Madam Web swinging its way into theaters? I'm looking at the IMDb page as we speak, and it says the release date is February fourteenth, twenty twenty four. So it's a Valentine's Day release. Ah, taking the thunder from Deadpool 3, I see. Well, no, because no, they... Deadpool 3 comes out at a different time, I think, but, like, the very first Deadpool, like, famously came out on Valentine's Day. Yeah, it, yeah, it sure did. No, yeah, no, it sh- mm-hmm, sure the fuck did. I remember going to see it in theaters. Yeah, it was advertising itself as a Valentine's movie. <laughs> it sure the fuck was. Well, as Flanders from The Simpsons would say, Oakley Doakley, I will say one more thing about that, though. I hope we eventually get a Deadpool Spider-Man team up with all this multiverse stuff. You know what I mean? Bro, you ain't lying, though. Like, that's gotta happen, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Spider-Pool. You know there was a, um... (laughs) You know how we have have Spider-Gwen, right? You know there there was once a Gwenpool... Really? Yep, yep, yep. Look her up. Yep. There. Uh, yeah, it's like I said, multiversal Deadpool shenanigans. I mean, we're getting Dogpool in this movie, so you're not wrong. I think you're, you're not wrong. I think Ryan Reynolds may have gotten some ideas from the Into the Spider Verse movies. <laughs> you think? I think <laughs> maybe a smidge. <laughs> Uh, Maybe a smidgen from the uh, the the uh, the, uh, the the Spider Verse movies. Yeah. The 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 Miles Morales movies. Yes, yes, that's that's what I'm gonna say. That's definitely borrowing from to an extent. But Dogpool is from the comics too, so there's that. Yeah. True. So, uh, but then again, so were the millions and millions of Spider Men <laughs> that we saw in that in those movies. So. Yes. <clears throat> All right, well, I'm glad that you uh, you saved a Spider-Man adjacent film for last because for your for the news section, I mean, for the last thing in the media corner because Spider-Man Two was one of the games that was nominated several times for oh, it sure the fuck was many different, and I'll be vote I will be voting for it many different <laughs> many different categories at the at the uh the game awards this year so i think yes. that makes a perfect segue into our topic yes okay finally on behalf of the jury i am proud to announce the six nominees selected for outstanding creative and technical excellence all right there everyone here we are at this episode's topic which as i previously mentioned is our predictions for the upcoming game awards which airs on december 7th 
That's a Thursday, Thursday, December 7th, at, I want to say, approximately 7 p.m. Central Time. Um, so that would be like 5 p.m. Pacific and uh, 8 uh, Eastern. Um, <clears throat> don't quote me on those times, though. You might want to double-check that for yourselves. But I do know the, right. I do know the day for sure. It usually starts in the early evening, though, like early to late evening and there's usually like a little post a little like half hour pre-show where they give away some of the smaller awards um yeah and show smaller trailers so and then there's the main show which is usually about three hours long and has all the big stuff <clears throat> and celebrity yeah. ca- celebrity cameos musical performances um game announcements and of course the awards so <clears throat> All right, so we're going to actually start. Uh, first of all, I should probably mention, if you're watching the YouTube version of this um, if of this podcast, then there will be a visual accompaniment to the things that we are saying and talking about once we get to the nominees. But that visual will pop up on the screen here for you in three, two, one. Boom. There it is. All right. For now, it's just going to sit here on this um, on this home screen for a bit while we talk about our predictions for the announcements um, that are yes. going to happen. Not just the announcements, though. I'm not just announcements. I'm also going to try and predict some celebrity appearances and musical performances. Okay. And musical performances, yes. And also just like things in general, like do you think someone's going to invade the stage again this year? You know? Oh, I hope so. You hope so? I hope not. Yes! I hope not, because that shit's getting old. Um, but okay. Um, so... I, I have... Uh, can I can I start us off with this? Cause yeah, 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 yeah. I've been, I've been itching. I've been itching about this. Next month marks the 25th anniversary of Rockstar Games, thanks to the incredible support of our players worldwide we have had the opportunity to create games we are truly passionate about i am referring to the tweets that uh that rockstar games have have uh have tweeted out within the recent weeks uh and basically uh i'm just going to continue reading and here you'll you'll know exactly what my prediction is when i get to the end it says without you None of this would be possible, and we are so grateful to all of y- all of you for sharing this journey with us. In 1998, Rockstar Games was founded on the idea that video games could come to be as essential to culture as any other form of entertainment, and we hope that we have, cre- have created games you love in our efforts to be part of that evolution. We are very excited to let you know that in early December, we will release the first trailer for the next Grand Theft Auto. We look forward to many more years of sharing these experiences with all of you. Thank you, Sam Hauser. Oh, bro. I, this, this and the fact that there was also another tweet that I that caught my eye, and uh, I need to go back and find it. Is I know it's under my likes. I know it's under my likes. It is. Oh no! I don't think I liked it. 
Oh, that's okay. What you told us is enough to go off of. Oh my god. So, this leads into your... I'm so excited for this. ...into your announcement prediction, which is... Yes, Grand Theft Auto 6. Okay. I am predicting that they are going to be... that they are going to be announcing... They're saving this big announcement for the Game Awards. World that is premiere. my pre- right world premiere trailer, first trailer of Grand Theft Auto Six. I am going into this with with expectations. Now, what if it's <laughs> what if it's not six, but another like you know like Vice City or San Andreas type game where it's not I it, don't not think a, not a numbered they... title, but. I don't think they would be. I don't think they would do that at the Game Awards. I think uh, that would be something that they would do. Uh, you gotta I remember. Though, at least I would. At least I would hope not. I would hope. You not. gotta remember though. You know these, how pissed off I would be. These shows are pretty pretty fair about giving equal attention to the big and small games. Oh uh, yeah, true. That being said, though, I mean, and also, I find their wording but very with interesting. All of the, like, they said the next with, Grand Theft Auto game. They didn't say six. They just said the next Grand Theft Auto game, which is interesting wording. Right, yeah. <sighs> that being said, though, you're probably right. That's also, I'm also expecting this as well. And so is the internet in general. Like, that's what they've, they've yes, taken this everybody, and everybody, everybody. So. Is expecting to see a, a big announcement. We we thought we were going to see it in October because of Rockstar's like history with the, <laughs> with with announcing this shit. Dude, I just I, I just had been, a funny thought. What if what Grand Theft Auto Five now coming to Nintendo Switch? <laughs> Oh, shit. I would find a way <laughs> to this theater, and I would bum rush the stage my goddamn self. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Oh. That's beautiful. Um, I have a strong potential prediction, but I'm calling it right now. Death Stranding 2. I think we're going to see something. I think, I okay. think Hideo Kojima is going to come out on stage... And he's gonna do something weird, and we're gonna get some Norman Reedus and baby. Uh, yeah, this is okay. I'm, I'm I'm calling it now. I think this is gonna happen. I think there's gonna be a Death Stranding two uh, trailer. Okay, I'm expecting it. Um, I also think. I'm predicting we're going to get a musical performance by the old gods of Asgard. Uh, Ooh, that would be so cool. Because Alan Wake 2 is one of the Game of the Year nominees, and they have several musical numbers in this game that are, like, uh, very memorable moments and that the internet has gone nuts for, and they are played by the real-life band Poets of the Fall, so it's not like, you know, you can't get them. Um... (laughs) Right, yeah. And they may be a fictional band, but they're played by a real one, so they can be there. Right. <clears throat> so, um, I'm predicting that. That would be that would be cool. Yes. Um, let's see. I'm predicting. 
let's see, because every year there's been some kind of celebrity showing up, right? Like last year they had um, um, Al Pacino. He was there, you know. Uh, I'm yeah. I would say maybe uh, Keanu Reeves. Nope he's he's done it before. They've done him before. They they don't tend to repeat a lot like that. They usually try to be a surprise. I'm trying to think like who's who's big right now. Who's doing things? Maybe maybe Timothy Chalamet. Uh, maybe I could see that. Like and sometimes it ties into the category too because when they had Al Pacino come out last year, it was to introduce the winner for the best actor award, like the best the best performance award. So. Yeah. And that makes sense because he's an old ass actor. So I mean they could get Tom Holland to do the one of the awards that has that's that's geared that that has Spider Man in it, but then again that would be that would basically be a dead giveaway. Right. That's I was just thinking as who, that as to who the winner is. I was is. just thinking that. I was just thinking that too. Um, Jeff Keeley has done some live Q and A's that I've watched, uh, over the weeks asking, mm-hmm. answering people's questions about this, saying a few things. Um, so like, there's actually been some controversy because one of the games nominated for best indie is Dave the Diver. And that game, although it looks like an indie game at first look, people are saying the company that made it, um, meant something or another. Anyways, they're, um, they're backed up and funded by a bigger company so people are like questioning whether or not it's considered an indie game because of its bigger funding and Mm. jeff argues and i agree that indie game isn't really about the budget or the dev team size so much as it is the look and feel of the game i think and how it how it plays and how much it costs and shit like that that's to me i think indie is a genre not a not like a, a shackled category Honestly. Right. You know. Um, so uh, so I agree that Dave the Diver actually belongs there because with that argument in mind, Baldur's Gate 3 would technically be an indie game because even though it looks and plays like and costs the price of a AAA game, it was made by a small, very small company. <laughs> so. Right. Um, and it's one of the Game of the Year nominees. And uh, we'll get to that later, but I have I have some predictions in those. I I will say this right now. One of my big predictions is that that game is going to sweep. That game is going to take home most of the awards. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I would assume it's so. either going to be that, or it's going to be like a Red Dead Two God of War situation where it's going to take home a lot of awards, or like another game is going to take home a lot of awards, <clears throat> like Spider Man or Alan. Excuse me, Spider-Man or Alan Wake, they're probably going to take home a, yeah. a lot. And then Baldur's Gate 3 is going to win Game of the Year. You know, it's going to be something yeah. like that. Um, and people are always like, well, how can something that won all these other categories not win a Game of the Year? That's not that's not what it's about. That's not the point. You can have the best story and the best graphics and still not be the best game that year. You know? Exactly. There's more to it than that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> a lot more to it. So... Um, but yeah, um, I'm not sure what else I would have to predict. I don't know if there's any other like um, there'll probably there might be some like Fortnite announcement or something. Every once in a while they do those. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Just what's been like big? Maybe some hopefuls. Some big. Maybe some like. Yeah, I was just trying to think Something. if there's anything else that seems like very obvious. Like, yeah, they're probably gonna do that, but I don't know. I'm actually like. 
looking forward to being pleasantly surprised. Jeff Keighley did say in his live Q&A that there is going to be some new IPs announced here. Like new, like brand new franchises that we haven't seen before. Like new ideas, new games. You know, he said last year they announced a lot of sequels to games. And those are a lot of what came out this year. But this year we're going to be seeing more like you know fresh ideas in the announcements so I'm, okay i'm looking forward to that i'm excited yeah me i'm excited yeah, me too um so that doesn't mean we won't see any sequels and shit like that but that um but that does mean that we will see some new stuff too um so mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to that um perhaps we'll finally absolutely Fucking lootly. Perhaps we'll finally get some release dates on a few things. We'll probably get like a release date trailer or a launch trailer for Avatar because that comes out the same day this airs. So. Oh, that does, doesn't yep, it? December 7th. So we'll. Oh, I would play the shit out of that so game. So we'll probably get that. There'll probably be a couple of indie games or something, maybe like some sequels. Um. I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to think. Maybe another, maybe one final trailer for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, since that comes out next February. Um, Right. Maybe some release dates for games that have been announced already that we don't have release dates for yet. um, Right. That are supposed, that are set to come out next year, but we don't know when. Maybe that kind of stuff. So, maybe a Final Fantasy V and or six remake trailer or a trailer for or not not Final Fantasy V and six sorry Resident Evil Resident Evil five and six remakes or a Resident Evil nine sequel to village um mm-hmm. maybe we get that oh um well no Dragon's Dogma 2 has its own special event coming up but I'm th- but maybe we do see some more of that at the game awards too you know right um, maybe maybe a little something something but okay um yeah let's talk about some some wishful thinking uh things these are things that are like they're probably not gonna happen there's like a snowball's chance in hell of this actually happening but if if we could see this happen we would like to um yeah i'm thinking um like uh uncharted five <laughs> uh maybe I, a kingdom hearts four yeah, I would like to see some more on Dragon Age Dreadwolf, but I don't know if it's ready. That's be Dragon Age 4. Um, hmm. But we did just get a teaser for Mass Effect 5 during N7 Day, so who knows? Um, maybe that one's not so wishful thinking after all. Maybe we will get something there. Maybe another title from Supermassive Games? Yeah, I would like to see a trailer for the for season two is going to start with a sci-fi horror game, and I want to see more on, on that. Yeah. So this one takes place in space, like actually in space. So. Oh, so nice! Very nice. <clears throat> yep, yep. We got a small trailer for it at the end of the Devil in Me. Like every, the credits of each of those games ends with a trailer for the next one. Makes sense. So, yeah, the trailer is like a post-credit scene. Really cool, actually. Nice. Um, um, let's see. Do you have any hopefuls, anything that you would really like to see, anything that you would just absolutely shit yourself if it somehow happened? Um, not that I can... You know what? Yeah, actually. Because I'm really hoping that they go this this route with WWE 2K24. 
And no, they're probably not going to announce this at the Game Awards. Not everyone gives a shit about WWE. I get it. But I think that the WWE should do a, a solid for the Rotunda family and make the cover with their with their permission of course make the cover the cover superstar Bray Wyatt and have the showcase that is in the game showcase Bray Wyatt's entire career which is what they've been doing for the last few games like the the 2K23 was they showcased John Cena's uh, career in the WWE. Uh, in 2K22, they showcased Rey Mysterio's career. In 2K20, yeah, go oh yeah, because they, they skipped over 2K21. In 2K20, I don't even remember whose who's, uh, career it was that they were showcasing. I think it was... Um, I think they were showcasing the the women's revolution, actually. And then in 2K19, it was, they showcased AJ Styles' uh, career. And I think that was the first time they did that with uh, the 2K games. Okay. Yeah, no, it's... it's, it's I, I would absolutely shit bricks <laughs> if, if they announced that they are that Bray Wyatt is the cover superstar for WWE 2K24. If that is the case, I wouldn't want to buy this digitally. I would want to buy this physical copy. Oh yeah, yeah I can imagine. Be- no. Because a it's Bray Wyatt and I, 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 yes, I have a disc drive on my PS5, but I don't use it often. And I only started doing digital downloads only because of the issue that my PS4 had when it started spitting out discs when I was in the middle of either watching a movie or playing a game. And it's like, what the fuck? I don't know if this PS5 is going to have the same issue at some point. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, hopefully not. But no, I would I would want I would want a physical copy of this game. And I would honestly Yeah, physical copy. There'd be no sense in getting the physical copy and the digital copy. I I have a very big, like, it's probably never going to happen in a million years, sadly, but God, I would shit myself if it did. And I'm surprised you didn't think of this immediately, too. But a PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale 2. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. How could I fucking forget? Bro. That would be... I would would lose my shit. I would lose my shit. We'd have to do a let's play of that. There's a big enough roster to justify it now. A sequel. Like, there's enough new characters. And previous characters with new outfits and looks. So. Yes. Like Kratos. Exactly. And Ratchet and Clank. Norse Kratos. Yep. 
Yeah, we talked about this in a in a previous episode too. We did our like wish list character roster for that game. Um mm-hmm. But yes, yes. Um I would like to see that. Okay. Well, um All right. Well, enough of all that then. Um let's get on to the nominees. We're actually going to we're going to start from the bottom and work our way up and uh we'll be skipping the esports categories as i know nothing about any of that shit so um (laughs) and content creator of the year because i don't recognize any of the ones um nominated this year so we're gonna start with most anticipated game um which is basically a game that's been announced and confirmed to be coming out Sometime, hopefully next year. Okay, I already know what I'm voting for. Took a second for it to open with like me clicking on it, but we got it. Okay, so most anticipated game, and yes, recognizing an announced game that has denim demonstrably illustrated potential to push the gaming medium forward. And we have five games here, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, Hades II, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, Star Wars Outlaws, and Tekken 8. And these are, I think, all set to come out sometime next year. So, first, before we decide which one we vote on, um, we have to ask which one um, do we think is going to win, realistically? Honestly, I'm... I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure Hades 2. Really? Okay. I could see an argument with how, for with that. The, okay. Yeah. So the reason I say that is because Ryan speaks so highly of it on Fortress of Nerditude. It is a roguelike game, and it's a very niche category, but among roguelikes, it is a, the most popular one, probably. <laughs> yeah. Either that or Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. That would be my guess, and it's also my vote. Uh, Star Wars Outlaws is my is my vote. That would, but that's just me. That would be my second choice. Yeah, it would be my second choice for sure. I thought you were going to say Tekken Eight for some reason. No. Okay, because you're more of the fighting guy, fighting game guy than me. Um, but yeah. So, and then the other one, like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, is part of the Yakuza franchise. Um, so that's why it's okay. it's highly anticipated because that's a very popular franchise, kind of RPG ish, kind of GTA ish. You know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, okay. Yeah, very interesting series. So, um, all right. So go ahead and cast your vote, and then click on the previous area arrow to go to the next category because that. So for best adaptation. Correct. Okay. I'm gonna say this. Can I can I take the t- can I take this one? Yeah, go straight ahead. Read the the. All right. The th- so yeah. this is for best adaptation, recognizing outstanding creative work that faithfully and authentically adapts adapts a video game to another entertainment medium. We have one, two, three, 
five adaptations here. We've got Castlevania Nocturne, the Netflix project. Mm-hmm. Gran Turismo from Sony Pictures. The Last of Us from originally HBO Max. Yeah. Now Max. Yeah. The one to watch. Uh... The Super Mario movie from Illumination, Nintendo, and Universal Pictures. And Twisted Metal from PlayStation Productions and Peacock. I think it's safe to say uh, that the winner is probably going to be The Last of Us. Yeah, I have to agree, and honestly, that's my vote. That's your vote, too? I, not, I was expecting you I to vote not, for Mario. I honestly... Okay, so yes, I love the Mario movie. Love it. But from what I have seen of The Last of Us, I have not finished it yet. I love every minute of it. Yes, and I've also seen Twisted Metal, but between those three things, definitely The Last of Us for me as well. That's, yeah, it's barely a competition, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I have yet, I also have yet to finish Twisted Metal. I'm slacking here. Okay, next category is Best Multiplayer, and although I don't dabble in multiplayer a whole lot, this one is pretty self-explanatory. It's the game with the most outstanding online multiplayer gameplay and design, which includes co-op and competitive games. Um, We've got Baldur's Gate 3, co-op, Diablo 4, co-op, Party Animals, competitive, Street Fighter 6, competitive, and Super Mario Bros. Wonder, co-op. Hmm. Considering I have not played any of these, my prediction I'm gonna... is either Street Fighter Six or Baldur's Gate Three is what it's going to get this one. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I would say Baldur's Gate Three has more of a chance, but you know, my vote is going to be Super Mario Brothers Wonder because I, I'm familiar with the Mario series, so. That's going to be my vote. Yes, and I haven't played that yet, but I will say this. By the time you're listening to this episode, there's a good chance that I will have played it because I have that and the Super Mario RPG remake both coming in the mail from Gamefly to play. So once I found out that Super Mario Bros. Wonder was up for Game of the Year, I was like, well, I'm going to have to try it now and find out. (laughs) Right. But yes, two of the games in this category are also up for Game of the Year. So that is worth mentioning, which doesn't necessarily guarantee that they'll win this category too, but definitely heightens their chances a little bit. Um, I still think Street Fighter VI has a strong chance of winning this category, though, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I don't know about Diablo IV. I mean, I hear good things, but, like, I don't know. Maybe. Um... But yeah, I'm also going to cast my vote for Mario on this one, I think. Alright, so you want to take this next one, Nick? Yes. So this next one is for best sports racing. For the best traditional and non-traditional sports and racing games. We have EA Sports FC24. F1-23. Forza Motorsport, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, Turbocharged, 
and the Crew Motorfest. For so out of all of these, I have only played a little bit of the Crew Motorfest. Oh, did you did did you jump in on that trial that I was that I mentioned? Yes, I did. Yes, yes, I did. Same here. And I loved every loved every minute of it. Me too. You see what I mean by the whole car PG thing? See, with that being the mm-hmm. case, you would have, yeah. you would like the Forza Horizon games. Maybe not so much motorsport, but the Horizon ones you would like because that's how they play too. I also want. It's a toss up for me between Hot Wheels. Unleashed 2 Turbocharged and the Crew Motorfest because I played Hot Wheels Unleashed. I played the first Hot Wheels Unleashed and loved it. And if this is being nominated for Best Sports Racing Game, I, it's a toss-up because, yes, I, I liked what I played of the Crew Motorfest, but I like the mechanics of the Hot Wheels Unleashed games better. Well... Here's what I can tell you. Um, I predict very strongly that Forza Motorsport is going to win this category. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But my my vote is going to the Crew Motorfest for what I played of it in the that five hour demo. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for Hot Wheels Unleashed Two Turbocharged. All right, this next category is the best simulation slash strategy game. Um, so we have Advanced Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp, Cities Skylines 2, Company of Heroes 3, Fire Emblem Engage, and Pikmin 4. So this is like for the best game focused on real-time or turn-based simulation or strategy gameplay. Um, so this would be like you're like back in the day you're like Age of Empires or you're like StarCraft yeah. StarCraft type stuff or like your Sim City like your city builder type games those yep. those are your sometimes simulations so, can also be like flight simulator type games too um, yeah <laughs> goat simulator but this is also for strategy games too so stuff like like tactics based games and um yeah. stuff like that or real time strategy games too so. So I am predicting, hear me out, because I know how big it is on the Nintendo side of things, Pikmin 4. I'm predicting Pikmin 4 wins this one. Okay, I'm also going to be in the Nintendo camp, but I'm going to predict that Fire Emblem Engage wins this one. Because that is also a very, I would argue, an even bigger Nintendo franchise than Pikmin. When I think yeah, about that's it. fair. Yep, I have to. Yeah, but true. Uh, we may be surprised by this. There's also a strong chance of Company of Heroes. I think. Um, now, City Skylines Two just came out, so I don't know if there's been enough time for that one. But that is our fr- our friend PJ. He loves the first one. He just he loves these city builder games where he can just like you know build a city, <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's been excited for this one. So, um, but. Um, I'm a little biased here, so I'm going to vote for Fire Emblem. There. Yeah, I voted for Pikmin Pikmin 4. All right. Yeah, you want to take this next one here? Yeah, so this next category is for Best Family. For the best game appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. We have five titles here. We've got Disney Illusion Island. This is the first I'm hearing of this game. Yeah. Party Animals, Pikmin 4, 
Sonic Superstars, and Super Mario Brothers. Wonder. Okay, seeing a couple of familiar faces pop up again. Three of them, to be exact. Yeah. Uh huh. All right. All right. So I'm gonna have to say. I predict this one is going to Sonic or Mario. Yeah, I'm. It, I'm. I'm gonna have to agree with you on that. It may surprise us. This unknown Disney game may take the cut, but uh, it's gonna be. I don't know. It's probably gonna be Sonic or Mario. Likely Mario. I don't know though. For since sure. I'm a Disney kid, I'm gonna fucking vote for the Disney game. Fuck it. You may want to look into that game. Find out what it is. Disney Illusion Island and best family, yeah. best family game. So this is good for you because you have a daughter, you know. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little different here. I'm gonna throw the vote to Sonic on this one. All right. I haven't played Sonic Superstars, but I want to. Fair enough. All right. So this next category is the fighting category. Best fighting game. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll take the lead on this one. For the best game designed primarily around head-to-head combat, we have five titles here. We've got God of Rock, Mortal Kombat 1, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2, Pocket Bravery, and Street Fighter 6. Well, I strongly feel like I, it, this one's going to go to either Street Fighter 6 or Mortal Kombat 1. I agree. That's what I was going to say, too. It, Pocket Bravery sounds like a mobile game, so it's not going to that. Um, no. I will say, I've heard from people that Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl 2 is much better than the first one. It's a... It's, That's what I've heard. It's a Smash Bros-style game with Nickelodeon's characters. Um, okay. And the second one, it basically fixed everything people didn't like about the first one. So that's worth mentioning, but... The, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the developers listen to their fan base. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It's either going to be Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat, and I'm just going to go ahead and give it to Mortal Kombat because I've watched the fatalities. <laughs> yeah, so have I, so I, I have to agree with you on that. It's like one of the first things I did when that game came out was find a YouTube video of all the fatalities. <laughs> All right, our next category is the best RPG for the best game designed with rich player character customization and progression, including massively multiplayer experiences. So that would, so they include MMOs in the RPG category, but I don't see any of those here. I see Baldur's Gate Three, Final Fantasy Sixteen, Lies of P, Sea of Stars, and Starfield. Starfield in like literally the only category it was nominated in this year. Um, Damn. I was surprised. I was genuinely expecting it to be nominated for one of the bigger categories later up the list, but no. Um, These games are all wildly different, too. Baldur's Gate 3 is basically a video game version of Dungeons & Dragons. Final Fantasy 16 is a RPG with Devil May Cry-style action combat and giant kaiju fights in a Game of Thrones setting. Lies of P is a Soulsborne-style game. Sea of Stars is a old turn-based, pixelated JRPG-style. And Starfield is a Bethesda RPG, and that is a genre of its own, like Skyrim in space. Um, Right. So, um, I 
believe with all my heart that this is probably going to Baldur's Gate 3, but I'm voting for Final Fantasy 16, personally. Yeah, I'll have to agree with you on that, based on the, the little bit of the demo that I played. So yeah, I, I will have to agree with uh, with Final Fantasy 16 I think you on that. I, That's I, who I'm voting for. I would shit myself if it happened, but I think there's a strong poss well, not strong possibility. There is a small chance. Let's say maybe like a 25, no, not even that. Like a 15% chance that they give a pity win to Starfield here. Like, mm -hmm. maybe. Maybe. You know what I mean? But also maybe not, because it might like strain their credibility or something but it was nominated it right. was nominated here for a reason so um so uh but i'm thinking it's very likely i would be i wouldn't be surprised if sea of stars won too though or right or f i see a strong argument i think final fantasy 16 is going to win a category i don't think it's going to be this one though um right. i think it's too actiony for them, for that, I think, I think this is going to be Baldur's Gate three or Sea of Stars. Believe it or not, I think that's okay. that's going to be. But I am voting for Final Fantasy sixteen here. Um, right now, if it was Hogwarts Legacy an RPG, because if so, this would be your, your time to talk about that. Yeah, th I th I believe it was an RPG or is it an action adventure game. RPG. I you know what. I mean, you you create your own character and everything, right? So I guess RPG. You like yeah. RPG. Are you like making dialogue yeah. options and stuff? Yes, you are making dialogue options. So yeah, it would be RPG. <laughs> okay, so it would have been in this category if it was nominated. Yeah, I. Okay, so I have a gripe about Hogwarts Legacy. Okay. More so, it's more of a me problem than anything so i'm just gonna complain for a second okay. i did my first playthrough as a gryffindor and there are house specific missions that are you can only experience these missions in that specific house like i think it's hufflepuff you get to uh you do a mission in uh Azkaban. I don't know what this the house specific uh, mission is for Ravenclaw, but I know. I, I also at the same time don't know the house specific uh, house specific mission for Slytherin is either. However, I do know that in this, if, if you do a playthrough as Slytherin, the there has the 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 basilisk has been spotted in the Slytherin common common rooms from the Chamber of Secrets. So the, my my gripe with that is, I did the first playthrough, and I wish I could go back and experience it for the first time again. So I am just as excited as I was the first time I played it. I don't have the drive to go through and play it again. I don't know why. Huh. Yeah, I mean, that happens sometimes. Some games, it's like, eh, once was enough. It was... 
I yeah. think, I mean, I guess that you being a huge Harry Potter fan and having no drive to play it a second time, I guess, speaks to itself as to why it wasn't nominated in anything. Right. Um, I mean, but you enjoyed it for what it was, and that's that's fine. Oh, I fine. did. Absolutely, I think I did. there are other more controversy-related reasons why it didn't get nominated in anything, and I'm not going to get into all that on here, but... Uh, right. But, I mean, people know, you know. That being yeah. said, though, if it had made the best RPG category, what would you have replaced it with? Uh, let's see here. Okay, because I I know absolutely nothing about Sea of Stars. Uh, yeah, I would have replaced it with Sea of Stars. Ooh, that's a harsh one. You should have said Starfield, I would think, because Sea of Star or Lies. Starfield? I would have accepted Lies of P too. Sea of Stars is uh considered one of the better indie games this year. <laughs> Okay, fair. Never mind. <laughs> I retract but, my statement and and, but, and hey. say lies of P. Because uh, I mean, yeah, that one is a Soulsborne game, but I think people are starting to get Soulsborne fatigue. So, yeah, fair. Oh, but <clears throat> all right. This next category, though, the best action adventure game for the best action yes. action adventure game, combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving, and I have played. Almost everything in this category, except for the last one. So we have Alan Wake 2, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4 Remake, S Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, oh, man. This is a hard one to predict. See, this is where it starts getting hard. Because this, <laughs> this is where... This is where it's gonna, it's really difficult to tell because you could make a strong argument for literally all of these. And Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and... Uh, God damn it. Um, I know which one I'm voting for. I'm voting for Spider-Man 2. That's fair and all, but it's not so much about the vote here as it is which one is going to win. And, right, yeah. I. Mm. Okay, so uh, cards on the table here, I think... I think the one with the highest chance of winning this category is probably Spider-Man 2. Just yeah. based on the gameplay factor alone. That being said, that being said though, um yeah, Jedi Survivor that one I think won't win this because when the game first came out, it was kind of broken. Performance mode was really lackluster in that game um at first it's it's fine now okay. they fixed it they patched it but when it first came out it had a lot of problems so i don't know uh but i'm thinking spider-man 2 has the strongest chance of winning there's a strong argument for zelda 2 but there is also a lot of people saying that this zelda game is basically just an expansion to breath of the wild so maybe not and resident evil 4 is a remake and alan wake 2 is technically a horror game so, yeah, it's probably going to Spider-Man 2. This one is probably going to Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I'm going to vote for Spider-Man 2. Resident Evil 4 is also a horror game, but, like, you know, they don't have a best horror game category. They need to do that. That's what they need to do, a best horror game category, and I don't know why they haven't, because they had plenty of options this year. They had Alan Wake 2, Resident Evil 4, they had Amnesia the Bunker, and they could have they could have found two more. There was there yeah. was more, you know, Bendy in the Dark Revival. Well, that was last year, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. So yeah, 
I think I'm also going to vote for Spider-Man 2 in this category. Having played four of these five games here, I think that would have to actually be my both objective and subjective choice. Okay. Um, just because it is the one that's most deserving of that particular title, I think. I, 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 okay. Alan Wake is getting some votes in other areas, trust me. <laughs> Fair. Uh, you want to take this one? Yeah, best action game. For the best game in action genre focused primarily on combat. Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, Dead Island 2, Ghost Runner 2, Hi-Fi Rush, and Remnant 2. I have not played any of these games, nor have I heard anything about any of these games, so I cannot speak on it. I don't even know who, I, which one I'm voting for. Well, I've played Hi-Fi Rush. That was a game that was shadow-dropped earlier this year on Xbox Game Pass, and it's an exclusive over there, and it is um, a rhythm-fighting game where you are... You're, it's, it's an action combat game, but you're fighting to the beat of the music while you're playing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it's the whole thing is the whole game is done in the same comic book art style as the Spider Verse games, um, yeah. And Remnant Two is a sequel to Remnant from the Ashes, which is like basically a Dark Souls game but two D side scrolling. Um, okay. Ghost Runner Two is a runner game. It's one of those like first person games where your character is automatically running forward and you have to like duck and dodge over obstacles and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Dead Island 2 is a zombie game, a big open world zombie game, um, survival focused, like crafting survival, um, and Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon is a sort of like, um, like think of the, think of the big mechs from the Metal Gear Solid games, but you're using them in like a tactics combat arena from the develop uh-huh. from the developers of the Dark Souls games. So also hard. <laughs> Um, right. I've heard a lot of buzz around that one this year, so I'm gonna go out on a limb and assume that Armored Core Six is gonna win this category. That's just that's the one I uh, out of all these. That's the one I've heard talked the most about on like the podcasts and gaming news channels and stuff I listen to and watch. Um, um out of all these, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for Hi-Fi Rush. That's what I'm voting for, too, because I've played that one. It's really good, and it's also likely going to be in my top ten list this year. So exclusive okay. exclusive sneak peek for the people listening to the podcast. You're actually going to – I'm going to hide some answers in this episode. Um, okay. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. So basically, there you go. <clears throat> um. But yeah, Hi-Fi Rush is my vote, but the likely winner of this category is going to be Armored Core 6, I bet. So, uh, yeah, so the best VR slash AR category for the best either virtual reality or augmented reality game, augmented reality being like the the shit that mixes the cartoon with real life, you know, like in Pokemon Go when you can see the Pokemon on your camera in the real world, you know, that's augmented reality. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the categories here are Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Call of the Mountain, Humanity, Resident Evil Village VR, and Synapse. Literally every last one of these is a PlayStation VR 2 exclusive. There's not a single goddamn MetaQuest game on here, and that makes me a little upset. Um, 
Damn. Not VR2 exclusive. Humanity can also be played on the OG VR, and I think Synapse might be also on the MetaQuest, but Gran Turismo 7, Horizon Call the Mountain, and Resident Evil Village are all PSVR2 only. I'm surprised gotcha. Switch- Switchback VR isn't on here, because that is the next, that's the Dark Pictures anthology game, and it's like a sequel to Until Dawn Rush of Blood. Um... Gotcha. It's the same style, but they added new features like a blink. There's literally a level in that game where every time you blink, the enemies move closer to you. Um, Jesus fuck. Um, uh, I feel like the seventh guest VR got shafted here. That would have been a good one. It's like a remake of an old PC game, and it's a mystery game where there's ghosts and you're um you're like solving puzzles to try and like find hidden treasures and solve the mystery of what the murder mystery that happened at this old creepy mansion. It's, Mm. it's not really a horror game per se, but it does have like a spooky atmosphere. Um, and I've been playing, I want to talk about a little bit Assassin's Creed Nexus VR on the MetaQuest 2, and that has been mm-hmm. really good, really immersive so far. I shit you not, I had a lot of fun the other day just walking <laughs> around. I grabbed a broom, and I was just walking around randomly smacking NPCs on the ass with it, and they would, like, <laughs> they would, like, lurch You were texting me about that. They would, it, I was laughing because of their reactions, because I would hit them with the broom, and they would lurch forward and go, Ah, oh, you wretch! <laughs> <laughs> and shit like that you know be like yes. like what the hell is wrong with you <laughs> it was great <laughs> oh man i gotta say go thank god for the comfort options though because like synchronizing a viewpoint and then doing a leap of faith in vr that is crazy man but i will say this i love the parkour in vr it's really fun um and this game does something really nifty to help prevent sickness it gives you a nose in the game that you can make bigger or smaller as you want. And it does. And it's so subtle because if you close one of your eyes, you don't see it. But if both your eyes are open, you can see, you can just barely see that you have a nose in the center of your vision. And that gives you a mid focal point that helps prevent you from getting sick. You can also turn on blinders. You can turn on a virtual floor. Like if you're afraid of heights, so you can like make it. So there's always like a virtual floor under you. So it doesn't look as far. You know, shit like that. Okay. Um, there's, like, they got options out the ass. You know, they got snap turning for the camera, smooth turning for the camera, however you need it. it you can be as comfortable or uncomfortable as you please in this one. Um, okay. They got... If This game also would have been nominated for best accessibility options, too, if it was... If it had came out in time. But it missed the cutoff point, unfortunately. It came out November 16th, and the cutoff point was obviously the 13th. So, um, right. But that's sad. I've been having fun with it. Um, but I guess since I didn't actually play Horizon Call the Mountain is the reason I want a PSVR too, because that's part of the Horizon Zero Dawn franchise and I want to experience it. I'd also like to play Resident Evil Village again in VR. That would be cool because seven was cool in VR. So, um, I've played Humanity and Resident Evil Village both in the not VR versions. Um, who do you think is going to win it, though? That's a really fucking hard choice. I'm going to go out on a limb and say either Gran Turismo 7 or Resident Evil Village. That's going to be so, most likely my... Yeah. So I'm going to vote for Gran Turismo 7 because I've actually played it. I did have some gripes about it, though. But you and I talked about those. Yes. I'm going to vote for Resident Evil Village. Um, 
just because I had a fun time with that in the original version. But yes, I would like to try the VR version, especially because the VSP VR2 has two hand controls like the MetaQuest, so it's more realistic, you know. All right, so next we have best mobile game for the best game playable on a mobile device, which includes mobile phones and Nintendo Switch, just to be clear. Um, Jesus Christ, I'm looking at the nominee list. What? Oh, Hello Kitty Island Adventure. Hey, don't sleep on it. I'm pretty sure that's a Hello Kitty version of Animal Crossing, if I'm not wrong. And Hello yeah, Kitty, probably. He- Hello Kitty is very popular. At the store I work at, we have a section dedicated specifically to it, right next to the Harry Potter section. So okay, yeah. Um, but besides that, we also have Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, which I've played. Honkai Star Rail, I've played. Monster Hunter Now, haven't played. And Terra Nil, haven't played. That's also a game that's on Netflix, and I'm not subscribed to it at the moment. But, um, Monster Hunter Now is a Monster Hunter version of Pokemon Go, except going around catching Pokemon, you're going around, you know, fighting big monsters with other people. Um. Okay. Yeah. Honkai Star Rail, I've told you about that one. That's the one where you're going from planet to planet solving their problems on the space train, and it's got turn-based combat. It's a JRPG. It's completely free-to-play. And um, it does have some like mobile game gotcha mechanics, but you can play the whole single-player story without spending a dime. Um, completely free. Okay. That one's probably going to get my vote, because I've been playing that and I like it. You'd think I would say Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, but I have a gripe with that one. And that is, it's one of those um, pay pay to win type games. One of those pay to progress ones. Oh fuck you know, that! They you run into a progress wall where it's like, oh, you need to level up in order to do this. You don't have to, but you're gonna have a bad time if you don't. And it's like, oh, so I gotta grind for a thousand hours or spend money. Yeah, so fuck that. That one's not. I'm gonna. I'm going to predict that Honkai Star Rail is going to win this. Because Genshin Impact is really popular and it's the same developers, and mm-hmm. I'm also going to vote for that. I'm also going to vote for that one too. <laughs> I I would be genuinely mad if Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis actually somehow wins this category because it doesn't deserve it. I love Final Fantasy VII, but what they did to that game specifically is a goddamn um, insult. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Honkai Star Rail it is. What's your prediction and vote here? Though? Uh, Monster Hunter now. And that's what I'm voting for. Okay. Interesting. What's your reasoning behind that one? Because <laughs> uh, it's like Pokemon Go. <laughs> I have no real reason. Fair enough. I don't think it's that... I don't think it's that popu- popular, but... I, I, You know what? I've, Stranger Things have won, so... <clears throat> Okay. Ooh, yeah. I, this is one of my favorite categories. Best debut indie game. This is this award goes to uh a brand new developer and it's the first game they ever put out. Is basic oh, basically what okay. that category is. So all of these games in this category are brand new games are are like the very first game that these developers ever made. That's the it's the it's their debut. That's that's why the category is called that. Okay. Um, so we have Cocoon, Dredge, Pizza Tower, Venba, and Viewfinder. All right. I've played a little of Cocoon on Game Pass. I've heard a lot about Dredge. 
And I think that that one's going to win, and I'll explain why in a minute. Pizza Tower, I thought, was an old PC game. I didn't realize it was new. Venba, I've heard about but haven't played yet, but it's on my radar. And Viewfinder, I've played the demo for, and I really, really liked that, and I'm probably going to vote for it. Um, I'm going to vote for Pizza Tower, but I don't know which one because... I don't know which one would uh would actually win. It's going to be Dredge, and here's why. That, again, is another one. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of YouTube channels that talk about video games. This is another one that's, like, one of the most talked about in the gaming industry this year. Dredge. Okay. Um, and here's why. In this game, you are a fisherman who goes out every day, and you're just, like, catching fish, and you're taking them back to market, and you're selling them for materials so you can make a better boat, so you can go out longer. But here's the catch. Uh, pun intended. Um, <laughs> if you stay out too long and you're out at night fishing, eldritch abominations start showing up, and you have to like avoid them and survive while you're also trying to fish. You know, you have to watch out okay. for these giant, horrifying sea monsters that show up. And it's not like a horror game or anything in that regard, because the graphics are like it's it's like a isometric, like top down type of situation with minimalist graphics and stuff. But it is kind of like a mm. kind of like a oh shit! If that thing gets me, I lose all of this hard work. You know, I need to get you know back type situation. Right. So people have been saying it's one of those like risk reward. Uh, games with an addicting gameplay loop and people are super into it um i i played a bit of Makes i sense. played a bit of cocoon which is kind of like basically like a puzzle platformer game and i like what they're doing with it but it it um it didn't really draw me in after like an hour or so um viewfinder is probably my favorite on this list because this is I played the demo for this and in this game you have to use pictures to solve puzzles like say you need a bridge to get across a gap so you go and you take a picture of a bridge and then you take that photo over to where the gap is and you put it there and voila now there's a bridge there all of a sudden and it is okay and it plays with perspective so you can make things bigger or smaller based off of manipulating the perspective like if you walk further away from the thing when you place the photo, mm-hmm. the item will be bigger. And if you get closer to the destination, when you place the photo, the item will be smaller. So it's like a really interesting puzzle game. So that one gets my vote. Dredge is going to win, but my vote is for Viewfinder. Okay. So, and you said your vote's for Pizza Tower, but do you have a prediction on the winner? Probably Dredge, just the way you're talking about it. I think, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So this next category is the best indie game that's not the the debut game. Although Dredge is showing up here again too, and so is Cocoon and Viewfinder. So they were so not only are they nominated for the best debut indie game, but also the best overall indie game this year. Um But besides those three, we also have Dave the Diver, first time it showed up. Here and Sea of Stars showing up again after being nominated for Best RPG as well. Um, so I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. This one is either going to Dredge or Sea of Stars. Probably Sea of Stars. I think that one's gonna bump out Dredge, to be honest with you, for this category. I think Dredge will get best debut indie, but I think Sea of Stars is gonna take best, like, overall indie game. Okay. And I think... I I might I may agree with that. I don't know because I don't know anything about these games. I think I'm also gonna give that one my best. Uh, I have my vote for this category too because I've played. 
I'm going to vote for Dave the I've Diver. I've played some of Sea of Stars, and here's a little fun fact for you. It's free on Game Pass and PlayStation Plus Extra. It was this one? Sea of Stars. Really? It it was free on the day of release on both Game Pass and PlayStation Plus Extra, both of them. Okay. Yep. So that is one, after seeing it nominated in so many categories, that I hope people download and try, because it's free if they have either of those things. Right. It is a really good game, um, if you don't mind, like, the turn-based combat and, like, reading the dialogue right. and reading the dialogue because it's like a testament to old school jrpgs <clears throat> um so that one's actually getting my vote here too and i also predict it being the winner okay besides dredge sea of stars is probably the other most talked about indie game on the shows i listened to this year so fair enough what did you uh what, what, what did you vote for <laughs> dave the diver Oh, fair enough. Stirring up a little controversy because that one was the one that that people were like, no, that shouldn't be there because that's not an indie game. Whatever. Okay. All right. Uh, You want to take this next one? Yeah. Best community support. Recognizing a game for outstanding community support, transparency, and responsiveness, inclusive of social media activity, and game updates and patches. So I'm going to go out on a limb. Oh, do we want to read what they are? Yeah, so the games we have here are Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Destiny 2. I don't know Roman numerals. Final Four- Fantasy what? 14. 14 and the No Man's Sky. And No Man's Sky. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that from personal experience, I know that Cyberpunk 2077 has a a very supportive uh, community. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, this, the category, this award, this category really is about it's not it's not so much about the the game. No, it's, it's not so much about the game. It's the 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 community surrounding the game. N- I was going to say it's not so much about the support from the community as it is the support for the community. This is about the game developers that are super transparent and upfront with their with their fans and are on top of listening to feedback and getting those patches and content out quickly. That's that's what this is. This is like okay, yeah. This is the developers that listen. You know, that's the that that makes that makes that's more sense. that's what right. this is. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, so consider like Cyberpunk, for example, is here because they listened to all the feedback about all the issues with that game and finally got it in a working condition. You know. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy fourteen continues to add shit all the time that people ask for. No Man's Sky basically dug its way out of a grave to get to where it is now. Uh, you know, otherwise it wouldn't be nominated for this, right? So, like that game failed when it first came out, and now it's like, yeah, I don't see, I don't know why Destiny two is here. Everyone I know that plays that game says that the community support for it is actually ass. So I don't <laughs> know why it's here. Um, I'm gonna vote. I'm going to vote for Cyberpunk 2077, but I think, I personally think 
based on what you said about No Man's Sky, I think No Man's Sky is going to take this home. Maybe. I think it's actually won this category in previous years. It's either going to be that there's a strong chance here for Final Fantasy fourteen, And I don't know the story behind the support on Baldur's Gate 3, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that they have been on top of update patches from the, from launch day. So if that if it's in this category. Right. Um, yeah, I'm just going to vote for Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, I'm a. You know what? I'm gonna give it that vote too because I think it's impressive how far they've come with that game. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, this next one is kind of a similar but different category, but this is for the best ongoing game, or as yeah, as I, uh, as you will hear me bitching about them in our next episode, live service games. Um, mm-hmm. although not all of these are like that. Some of these, this also includes MMOs. Um, you know, and, um, and free to play mobile games and shit like that. And as you can see, Cyberpunk 2077 is in this category and it's here because of the Phantom Liberty DLC that, that makes it an ongoing game. And the fact that they, the latest 2.0 patch that they put out for it also basically rehauled the entire game, you know? Yeah. Um, so besides that, we also have Apex Legends, um, which is a, a battle royale, Final Fantasy XIV, which is an MMO, Fortnite, which is a battle royale, and Genshin, Genshin Impact, which is a free-to-play mobile game with a single-player story. So, um, but it does constantly have content added to it, like, all the time. So... I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that Fortnite wins this one. You would think... You would think, but this category famously almost always goes to Final Fantasy fourteen. Like every Fair. like almost every year it wins this category. No shitting. Um, well, I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna counter I'm gonna counteract that and vote for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven because out of all of these I can say I've actually played Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Right. And um yeah, fair enough. And, uh, you know, I've played, I've dabbled in a little bit of all of these except for Apex. But um, I, for me, it either has to be Final Fantasy fourteen or Genshin Impact. Fourteen is, I only, I hear about that a lot through other people who play it. And that game, like, every year they're adding a new expansion pack to it that adds, like, more to the story. They're adding, they, like increase the level cap, add new character classes, all new content, new missions, new raids, all kinds of shit. Like, that game has no ending. It is truly ongoing. <laughs> um, Fair enough. And it's one of those paid MMOs, too. Like, they're paid, people are paying, like, you know, 15 bucks a month to play this. And it is making heavy money. <laughs> so. I believe it. Um... So it's either going to be that Fortnite or Genshin Impact, I think. I also see a strong argument for Cyberpunk. I do not see a strong argument for Apex Legends. I hear that game's had a lot of issues lately. So Right. Um, I'm predicting Final Fantasy or Fortnite on this one, but I'm going to be weird and vote for Genshin Impact. <laughs> All right. Because I've played it. I like it. It's fun. It's basically Breath of the Wild with anime characters. <laughs> Fair enough. Which technically Breath of the Wild is... Breath of the Wild with anime characters, but... <laughs> right. Ooh, okay. So next we actually have one of my favorite categories. I think this is arguably one of the most important ones. Um, yeah. 
Games for Impact Award for a thought-provoking game with a pro-social meaning or message. And we have here A Space for the Unbound, Chance of Sanar, Goodbye Volcano High, Chia, Terra Nil, and Venba. There's Terra Nil and Venba again. The rest of these are first-timers here. And out of all of them, I've only played Chia and Goodbye Volcano High, and I've played... The, no, I downloaded the demo for Chance of Sonar, but never got around to playing it. I thought maybe I... I think that one's free on Game Pass. I'm going to have to check it out. I've heard good things about Space for the Unbound, though. And, um... Personally, I think, like, prediction-wise, just because of the things I've heard about that one, I think a Space for the Unbound... I've heard that name come up a lot this year. I think that one's probably going to win this category. Right. I think I, agree. I think it's going to win. Um, the rest of these are kind of niche, but I I would have to give my vote to Goodbye Volcano High. I started playing that recently, and I am really loving it so far. It's very you were you were telling me about it. I I'd have to agree. Yeah, to toss up between the that and Tichia. It's um oh yeah, just Chia. The T is silent apparently. Um, oh Chia. The yeah, goodbye volcano high is about like um, you know, yeah, it, a, it, it, oh, what's that? My vote's going to hello, uh, goodbye volcano high. Yeah, so you know, for the people that don't know, the story of that one is basically well, that game itself is basically I wouldn't even call it a game so much as I would an interactive movie, really, and like I mean, truly, it's like literally like ninety percent cutscenes, but um. <laughs> But and I'm not exaggerating. It's like a, it's an interactive cartoon, and you are. But, Fair enough. But these cutscenes during these cutscenes, there are dialogue options, and you make choices, and your choices will change the story and your relationship with other characters. But also throughout the game, because you're in a band, there are rhythm game moments where you're. Where you have to, you know, like, you know, hit the buttons and, you know, it'll show you like a timer on the screen and stuff where you have to hit them at the right moment and all that. And it's not too hard, but it's not very easy either. And right, th- it's one of those things where the story will go on no matter what. But if you but your performance in the songs during the rhythm moments will actually change the post song dialogue a bit. Like people will comment on how good or bad you did in the story, yeah. in the game dialogue. Um and it's a we've got a really interesting animation style. I um I like it a lot, but the story is like a bunch of dinosaurs, but like in the modern age, and they're all in high school and they're living their lives and stuff. And they find out mm. that a meteor is coming to destroy them all. It's gonna kill them. They're all gonna die. So they're like trying to basically come to terms with that while simultaneously just living their lives to the fullest. And it's a a very emotional ride, a very interesting roller coaster. There is an okay. ass load of LGBTQIA plus representation in this game. Like, a lot. That lo- is a lot. why I <laughs> voted for Goodbye of Volcano High. Yes. Um, it is, your main character, Fang, is actually non-binary. One of their best friends is trans. Um, yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of great stuff going on here, too. Uh, there's a whole section of the game where you basically play a round of D&D at one point. Um, nice. Yeah, it's great. You're living out the last days, like, basically the last week of these characters' lives. Um, Jeez. Yeah. 
So, other games here, too. Like, I know Chia is here because it gives us a peek at, at the uh, culture of New Caledonia, which is where the, the game takes place. And right. not only that, but it's basically a Pixar-type story and animation style, too. Because uh, your, your father gets kidnapped by a bad guy, and you learn that you have the power to spirit jump into animals and objects, so you use that, mm-hmm. you use that to chase him down and save your family. You know? Right. Um, so that's a pretty cool one too, but yeah, uh, between the two, I think I'm also going to vote for goodbye volcano high, but I think, I think space for the unbound is going to win this. Okay. I think that's what the one that's going to win this one. Maybe we'll see. Okay. Moving right along here. Would you like to take this next one for us? Yeah. So this one is for innovation and accessibility. Recognizing software and or hardware that is pushing the medium forward by adding features, technology, and content to help games be played and enjoyed by an even wider audience. We've got six titles. We've got Diablo 4, Forza Motorsport, Hi-Fi Rush, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Mortal Kombat 1, and Street Fighter 6. Okay, so... This category is not about the games themselves, but more about the accessibility options in them that make them playable for people with disabilities and lower skill levels and shit, you know? So we're talking about features for the hearing impaired. We're talking about features for people who are colorblind. We're talking about features for people with one arm, you know, Um, stuff like that. Forza Horizon had this out the ass i think i think i voted for it last like a few years back because of the fact that it had so many of those features um the fact that spider-man 2 is in this category says a lot i'll tell you why i'll tell you why it's here not only Hmm. not only does it have a lot of like you know colorblind options and stuff like that um but there is a game mode like in the difficulty options that is basically the let my little cousin play mode and what, what this game mode does is makes it so you can't die um okay there is a like four kids difficulty option that basically makes it so it's impossible to kill you in this game um and but I think that that that's a pretty neat feature. Um, I can think yeah, of a lot of that's... things. Forza Motors, mm. Forza Motorsport. If it's anything like Horizon, its accessibility features are probably to make it an easier racing game for people who aren't good at racing games. So, like, right. Forza Horizon had the ability to like turn on auto braking and even auto steering. So, like, say say you only have one hand. Well, you can turn these features on, and all you got to do is hold down the trigger, and the car drives itself. And you can still enjoy the game while not having to worry about steering or braking. You know? Damn. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was one of the features in Forza Horizon. I'm assuming it's in Motorsport, too. So these are the kind of reasons that these things are categorized here. I don't, That makes sense. I genuinely don't know a lot about the accessibility features for a lot of these games, but I'm mm. I'm gonna go out on a limb and assume that it's either gonna be Forza or Spider Man for this one, probably. Okay. It, it means there's a strong option for the fighting games too. I think I heard something about Street Fighter Six being more accessible, like a more, yeah. a more accessible fighting game. So, uh, I'm voting for Spider Man too. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to vote for Forza on this one, just because I, if, if it has the same features as Horizon, then that's a really good option. Um, okay. Yeah. Not going to lie, I ended up using that feature in Horizon just because I felt lazy. <laughs> like, right. And also because I am not good at turning and braking in racing games. So, <laughs> best performance. Yes, best performance. Awarded to an individual for voiceover acting, motion, and or performance capture. We have Ben Starr from Final Fantasy fourteen. Sixteen. Sixteen. That's uh he, six, he's Clive. 16. He's Clive. Oh gotcha. God damn it. See, I told y'all I don't know I don't know uh Roman numerals for shit. This is how you remember it. X X is ten, five V is five, I is one. So just okay. just add them gotcha. together. Yeah. Okay. We've got Cameron Monaghan from Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Cal Kestis. Yes. Idris Elba from Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. DLC. Yeah. Idris Elba. Idris Elba. Yep. Melanie Liberd. Alan Wake 2. Saga Anderson. Neil Newborn from Baldur's Gate 3. Not sure who he plays. And Yuri Lowenthal from Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Peter Parker. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, so um, objectively, I think this one is, like, my prediction, the winner is probably going to be Idris Elba. Uh, usually yeah. the uh, last year it went to Christopher judge for God of war Ragnarok as Kratos. Um, okay. I remember that. Yeah. I haven't seen enough cyberpunk. I, I do think the Ben star though. A lot of people have said his acting was really good. Like even if they didn't like the game, they said his acting was good. So I think there's a, a strong chance for that one too. Um, see, I'm going to be a buy. I'm going to be biased here because I actually like Cameron Monaghan. And he was in one of my favorite Showtime shows. Oh, okay. Uh, he was Ian Gallagher in um, Shameless. Okay. Yeah, so that Cameron Monaghan's getting my vote. All right. Yeah, and I'm predicting either Ben Starr or Idris Elba, but I'm going to... Oh, you know what? The Baldur's Gate three guy might get it too because I think if mm-hmm. if he's the character, I think he is, and he's like everyone's favorite character from that game. So right. Um, okay. I it, for me it was a toss up between Cameron Monaghan and Yuri, Lo- Yuri Lowenthal from from Spider Man two because isn't Yuri Lowenthal the same actor that did the uh, the voiceover for the for Spider Man. And Miles and and Peter Parker and Miles Morales. Yeah, it's the same actor across the whole franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a toss up for 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 either Cameron or Yuri. Yeah, and his cause... acting his acting is really good in the second game, especially with all the Venom stuff. So mm, um, okay, yeah, okay. So you voted for Cameron. Um, I'm voting for Yuri. But who do you predict is going to win? Who do I predict is going to win? I think I'd have to agree with you. It's a toss-up between Idris Elba and Neil Newborn. Okay. You don't think Ben Starr has a chance? Eh, maybe. Possibly. Okay. 
I mean, they have genuinely surprised me before, so, you know. Fair. Like, there have been some times where I was like, what? No way that one won. <laughs> All right. Right. Well, our next category is best audio design, recognizing okay. the, the best in-game audio and sound design. Now, just to be clear, this is not the soundtrack. This is not the music. There's a separate category for that. This is for the actual sound effects and audio in the game. So picture you're playing like Dead Space with a pair of headphones and you're creeping through the creepy tunnels and you can hear every little drip of water off the pipes, every little rat scurrying in the ceiling, you know, the growling of monsters in the distance. That's audio design, you know. Okay, that makes sense. That's what we're looking for here. So we got Alan Wake 2, the Dead Space remake, Hi-Fi Rush, Marvel Spider-Man 2, and Resident Evil 4. Um, uh, I don't know who's going to win. I don't. I don't know who's gonna. Honestly, I don't know who's gonna win this one. Um. Yeah. That's. I don't a, know who I would. I don't know who I would predict. Is it's the, gonna is be the, one is, of the horror games. It's gonna be one of the horror games because audio design is a huge part of a, the horror experience. And I'm gonna vote for Alan Wake too because you're not the only one I've heard good things about this game from. Really? Who else has said something about it? Uh, well, I did. He didn't tell me directly, but my old boss Jimmy. Oh, okay. He uh he he had posted something about it on his um, on his Snapchat story. Okay, so I think I I'm predicting that it's going to be one of the th- one of the three horror games here. It's and it's probably either going to be Alan Wake Two or the Resident Evil Four remake because I'd argue they're probably a bit more popular both than the Dead Space remake, maybe, but um. Alan Wake 2 is also going to get my vote, and here's why. Because when you're in the sections in this game when you're playing as Alan, there are shadow people uh, all over the place because you're in the dark place. And if you're wearing right. headphones, if you're wearing headphones, you can hear them. They're whispering things to you as as you're walking by. They're going like, "Alan, wake!" He's like, uh, and they'll say stuff like, "I'm drowning," or "You need to write the story," out, or some shit like that. They'll just, but they're like, they're like whispering it, like in whisper whispers, and it's like right, 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 super creepy. And the, when in, you're in the real world playing as Saga, there are a lot of moments where you're going through like a creepy forest at night and you can hear like the leaves rustling and the tree branches creaking and shit like that. And when there is an enemy nearby, trust me, you know. So Fair enough. Um, you know, and also, of course, I have, you know, the sound design for the uh, the old Gods of Asgard songs, too. But that's more on the music side of things, if we're being right, fair. Right, 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 right. Um, but, like, yeah, really good sound design, you know, for me, it's definitely going to be one of the horror games. I'm probably leaning more Alan Wake 2 on this one, although I would find a solid argument for Dead Space and Resident Evil 4 as well in this category. Um, but Alan Wake 2 is also going to get my vote. That game, by the way, since I wanted to talk about it anyways, is a sequel to both Alan Wake and Control, and there's not really a whole lot I can say about it without spoiling it because it's so weird and layered and kind of like up its own ass but in a good way um and um it's very meta but basically the story is that alan is trapped in the dark place and he's trying to use his powers to write fictional stories into reality to get the help of this fbi agent named saga anderson to help him escape from the dark place but it ends up leading to 
bad things escaping from the dark place that they don't want and that leads to more things down the road so okay that's basically what that game is about it is a survival horror game at its core but it's also very campy and kind of like twin peaksy in a way um it's very self-aware and tongue-in-cheek at times so okay It gets goofy at moments. Like, there's... Only Remedy, I swear to God, Only Remedy has the balls to stick a full-on, straight-up musical number in the middle of a horror game. So, <laughs> yeah. All the more reason for the old gods of Asgard to do a performance this year. Right. Because that is the franchise that they are from. Poets of the Fall plays old gods of Asgard in the Alan Wake franchise. They gotcha. show up in pretty much okay. every Remedy game. So, on that same note, this next category is the best score and music. This is uh, this is the one where it's actually the music in the game that we are talking about. Which game has the best music? Oh, I predict that Alan Wake 2 is going to win this because of the old gods of Asgard. Fair enough. That is my prediction. They're played by the real-life band Poets of the Fall, like I said, and that's a really good band. Um, but I could also see an argument for Hi-Fi Rush because it use, uh, uses a lot of licensed rock music for it. Fair enough. So, um, I would vote also, personally, I'm not going to vote for it, but I, 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 I love Final Fantasy game music. Like, every Final Fantasy game has, like, the best music. <laughs> um... So I kind of want to, but I'm super biased, super, super biased towards the old gods of Asgard. So not only do I think that it's going to win, but it's also getting my vote here. That's fair. Yeah, like, I'll have to agree. Like literally anyone who's ever ho- heard an old gods of Asgard song, you know, we got Poet in the Muse, Children of the Elder God. But the song that they did, well, they did three songs for Alan Wake 2, but the big one, the Herald of Darkness, which also has Alan Wake and Mr. Door in it. It's got to be one of the best songs they've ever done. And it's like 13 minutes long. <laughs> Jesus Christ. God, it's such a good song. I love it so much. There's also, there's a, there are shorter versions of it. There's a video edit and a radio edit. So. Okay. But the full song takes place during one of the best parts of the game. So. Fair enough. Which their songs usually do take place during the best parts of their games. So you want to take this next one? Yeah, let's see the best. Oh wait, wait, wait! Before that, I forgot to ask you what your prediction and vote was for best music. (laughs) Uh, Alan Wake two prediction Uh, and vote. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. Okay, yeah, all right. Let's go with the next one then. (laughs) (laughs) Best art direction for outstanding. That best art direction for outstanding creative and or technical achievement in artistic design and animation. We have five titles here. We've got Alan Wake two. Hi-Fi Rush, Lies of P, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So this is for graphics and art style. Um, Mario. I'm voting for Mario. (laughs) Really? You think out of all these games here, Mario deserves the vote for best graphics and art style? Yes. (laughs) So I have a solid argument for most of these. Alan Wake is probably here because of the whole light and darkness thing. Like, mm-hmm. the the light versus the darkness is a huge aspect of that. So they put a lot of effort into, like, the high dynamic range and, like, the, the, different, uh, the difference between, you know, the, the brightest whites and the darkest blacks in that game. Mm-hmm. 
But my vote is probably going to go to Hi-Fi Rush here, because like I said earlier, this game is animated like a comic book. It has a very interesting cell shading slash comic book style art style, and I'm super into it, quite frankly. It reminds me of the Spider-Verse movies, and I love it. Um, Okay. Lies of P just looks like any other Soulsborne game, and Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom looks just like Breath of the Wild, so... um, And Mario looks just like any other Mario game. So I think the two strongest contenders here are Alan Wake and Hi-Fi Rush. And out of all of them, objectively, Hi-Fi Rush probably has the most unique art style. Because Alan Wake, at the end of the day, it looks really good, but it's still, it's, it's, it's a horror game with photorealistic graphics. It's no different than the newer Resident Evils. So, there. I'm giving this vote to Hi-Fi Rush, and, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna predict that Zelda is probably going to win this one. Either Zelda Yeah, I can agree with that. Either Zelda or Hi-Fi Rush is going to win this one. Best narrative. For outstanding storytelling and narrative development in a game. We've got five titles here. We've got Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, Final Fantasy 16, and Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Now, ooh, I don't know a lot of these because I have not played... I don't know any... Like, I know... I know a little bit of the Final Fantasy 16 because I played the, the demo. Well, Final Some Fantasy the- 16 is basically Game of Thrones with giant kaiju fights. There is a lot of... Right. There is a lot of... Um, it's a very gloomy story with a lot of death and betrayal and, um, but it's a really good story actually. Like that one is actually probably getting my vote because I've, you know, I've almost finished Spider-Man 2 and I've almost finished Alan Wake 2 and they both have really good stories that I'm really into, but something about the narrative of Final Fantasy 16, just from a storytelling perspective, made it stand right. out, stand out above the crowd for me this year. And so... Yeah, I can I can objectively agree with that because I only know based on what if you you have told me on about it based that and the fact that I've played the demo a little bit right. But for my vote, because I like how the story has gone so far from the Spider Man and the Miles Morales game. My vote is going to Marvel Spider-Man 2. Weirdly, I thought you were going to say the Phantom Liberty DLC for Cyberpunk. Um, I haven't gotten far enough in, in Cyberpunk 2077 to even justify voting for that. Now, 16 is my vote, but my prediction is that Baldur's Gate 3 or Spider-Man is going to take this one, and here's why. Baldur's Gate 3 is one of those games where you make choices that change the story, and in this game in particular, it changes the story dramatically. Like, more so than any game in the... More so than any game in the history of ever. So, Baldur's Gate 3 is an RPG where you, you have your own character, you build parties with companions you make choices that change the story you can tackle situations like for example there's like a war against goblins in the first act and you can kind of choose how to go about that you can like kill them all or you can join them and kill the other people or you can like broker peace between the two factions it's all up to you but since it is a D style game you have mm. you have to basically like 
it plays like D&D where you have to roll the dice and hope that you get a high enough roll to add on to your stats in order to pass the check in order to make the choices you want to make. And that works for com- right. that works for combat too. And I think I could be wrong, but I think this is one of those games where if characters die, they stay dead. So if one of your party members gets killed in combat or through some bullshittery in a cutscene, then they're they're gone. I could be wrong about that. Right. But I did see a really funny scene where the player character dropped a pillar on top of someone and the guy oh, the guy actually resurrected and he was like, Are you mad? You dropped a fucking pillar on me <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like I wanna play this game, but it's digital only and I'm not spending seventy dollars on it. You know, so Fair like enough. I want to I'm going to wait, but like I do really want to play it because I've heard nothing but good things. I guarantee you Baldur's Gate 3 is going to sweep the, the show because it is the most talked about game on the Internet this year, period. I mean, like, it did was it was talked about in the most recent South Park special. Let's be honest. Here. Exactly. Exactly. And that's if South that's, Park's talking about it, it's gotten it, it doing something right. Yeah, they talked about well, or wrong. It's either doing something very right or very wrong. <laughs> Uh, right that's fair you know but spider-man 2 has a strong argument to it because this is a craven the hunter and venom story so you know um that's kind of a big deal yeah it's kind of a big, big yeah. deal and yeah no, spider-man is getting my vote on for for that one i would say alan wake 2 might belong here for all of the crazy plot twists that it has going in the whole meta narrative thing where it's a story within a story within a story but Mm-hmm. People apparently didn't like the ending, so I don't know if it's going to get it. Um, gotcha. So, yeah, my prediction, Baldur's Gate 3 or Spider-Man 2, my vote, Final Fantasy 16. Gotcha, okay. And you voted for Spider-Man? Spider-Man, yes, sir. Okay, all right. Now for the two big ones. These are the final two categories. Um, best Game Direction... Awarded for Outstanding Creative Vision and Innovation in Game Direction and Design. We have Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Spider-Man 2, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and Tears of the Kingdom. Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Basically, everything nominated for Game of the Year minus one thing. Um, So this category is, like as it says, Best Game Direction. So this is for, like... Like, this would be the category at the Oscars that would be equivalent to Best Director. Okay. Okay. So this would go to, like, the best artistic choices and creative direction in a game. Like, the, for example, the, 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 the choice to stick a musical in the middle of Alan Wake 2 would be a game direction artistic choice. You know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so it also comes from, like, you know, so it's basically goes to like them for all the choices they decided to make um and creativity um and stuff and innovation and shit like that so um yeah i i think this is probably going to go to Baldur's Gate 3 specifically because of what i just got done talking about where it has such a like outstanding branch of narrative paths and the fact that it mm-hmm. basically plays like exactly like D D. you know i could agree with that i, yeah. I think that's probably it's going to win best direction but my vote is going to alan wake too because seriously they put a fucking musical in the middle of a horror game <laughs> i mean <laughs> how can i i can't exaggerate that enough 
Um, I have not played Alan Wake 2 or any of the other games on here, but I have played one... Uh, well, I haven't... Well, I have, I've played the first two games in this franchise, but I'm gonna... Again, my ver- my vote's going for Marvel Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Yeah, and I... You know, I have a very strong prediction here that I think Spider-Man 2 is actually gonna take a lot of awards. It's gonna take a lot. Yeah. It's gonna take so many awards that people are gonna think it's gonna win Game of the Year, and then Baldur's Gate 3 is gonna win Game of the Year. Like, that's... Yeah, it's... it's Yeah. Mm-hmm. So- Speaking of which, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna pull an elder it's gonna pull an uh, uh an uh, elders Eld, Elden Ring. It's gonna pull an it's yeah it's gonna pull an Elden Elden Ring or a God of War because that happened in 2018. Red Dead Redemption Two took home a lot of awards, a lot, and I thought it was gonna win Game of the Year, and then God of War won Game of the Year. So mm-hmm. yeah, so and honestly, I would have been happy with either of those, you know. So all right. Our final category. Yep, go ahead and take it. Game of the year. Recognizing that a, a game that delivers absolute best experience across all creative and technical fields. Yep. We have six titles. Count them, six. Alan Wake 2. Baldur's Gate 3. Spider-Man 2. Resident Evil 4. Super Mario Brothers Wonder and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Resident Evil 4 remake to be specific. Yep. Um so it's I I think it's no contest here. I like 100% believe with all my heart that Baldur's Gate 3 is winning this just based off every I everything can, I've heard from I, everyone else, you know. I can agree with that, but I am still voting for Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I can respect that. So for me, this is a hard toss-up between Spider-Man 2 and Alan Wake 2. Like, and, um, you know, Miles Only... Miles Morales was my personal game of the year the year it came out. Now, to be fair, folks, my per- now, my, my personal game of the year has only lined up with the actual winner once in history, and that has been in 2018 when God of War won. Every other year, okay, mine's so been question. different. Okay, so didn't did my I can't remember if Miles Morales even made Game of the Year nominee last uh, the year it came out. It, did it? It did not, but the first Spider Man did. So okay, so here's where I believe history may or may not repeat itself. Yeah, Baldur's Gate three may be the most talked about game of the year, but if history repeats itself. Spider-Man Two will take home the the whole the t- take home the show. Well, there would be no repeat because it, it it hasn't won previously. It was nominated in 2018, but that was the same year God of War and Red Dead Two came out. So, wait, I thought Spider-Man guys. I thought Spider-Man uh won Game of the Year that year. Nope, that was God of War. The tw- oh, God damn 2018. Why the, why the fuck did they have a Game of the Year edition for Spider-Man? Oh, so Game of the Year editions are... So the official Game of the Year is decided by Jeff Keighley's Game Awards every year, but other places have their own individual smaller Game of the Year like awards oh, that they do. And they can give out... Okay, like I, that makes 
more sense. Well, you know, like I do my top 10 list every year. IGN does like their own game of the year awards type thing. Gotcha. Um, okay. Like we literally just had the golden joystick awards like a couple weeks ago. So, okay. So yeah, usually if it wins something at one of those, it'll, it'll call itself a game of the year edition. It really is just an excuse. Makes sense. Just an excuse to repackage the game with all the DLC bundled in is yeah, yeah makes sense but it did not win the official game of the year that year it went to god of war 2018 gotcha um which was also my game of the year that year and spider-man was actually number four on my list that year i can't remember what two and three were though um but yeah so obviously i think Baldur's gate 3 is going to win this for my personal vote for game of the year though this is a very hard choice between alan wake 2 and spider-man 2 and just to be clear the one that I vote for here doesn't necessarily mean it's my actual game of the year, but right, exactly. But it's your yeah for my top ten list. I mean, but it doesn't necessarily. Yo, I know. It doesn't necessarily mean it's not either. <laughs> you know, um, right? Let's see. You know, it, I, I'm weighing the two against each other, and the more I think about it, granted I haven't finished either one of them yet, but just from what I've played so far of each of them and how much I like the different things and stuff, and I think I'm going to vote for Alan Wake 2 here. I think... There you go. I think I'm going to because it's just... I don't know, man. There's just something about it. This game is very different and weird, and it it draws me in. It doesn't necessarily mean it's my actual game of the year. That could very well be something that's not even nominated here. But, right. you know, I've given some hints towards that before. I can tell you this much, though. Um, to, Being cryptic here. Two of the games nominated for game of the year are on my list, at least. Yeah? Yes. And um, there was... I know that. And... My game of the year is actually between those two and one other game that was not nominated for game of the year, but is on my list and was nominated for best RPG. So, okay. And best narrative. In fact, it's the one I voted for best narrative. So, um, okay. You may remember in a different, uh, actually, no, people haven't heard it yet, but in the next episode that's coming out, you'll get some more hints. And I think one of them I said was that my game of the year is a title with a number in it. So I think with these hints that I've given in this episode, people will much more easily be able to boil down which of those three games it it like they can narrow it down to three specific games now, you know, um, yeah, which means if those three games are the ones fighting for game of the year on my list, that means that whichever of the two doesn't make game of the year are going to be numbers two and three on the list. Most likely. Okay. So at, at the very least, you now, if you've been paying attention to my hints and clues, you at least know my top three, just not the order of them. So, right. So there you have it. And that, uh, my fine feathered friends is our, um, predictions and whatnot for the uh, the game awards is there any other games um before i forget this is going to be our opportunity to talk about um anything else that wasn't nominated in any category that we played this year that we want to give a little attention to give a little shout out to i'd have to say um for me one of them would be theatrium final bar line which is a final fantasy rhythm game came out earlier this year it is the final one in its category, you know? 
uh, yeah. the final game in that franchise, actually. Um, and I'm trying to think if there was anything else, if there was like any, um, I played a little bit of Under the Waves, not really going to recommend that. Haven't played Oxenfree 2 yet, so can't really talk about that. Um, I know you talked about Hogwarts Legacy. Was there anything else? Not that I can think of. Okay. All right. Honestly, I don't think they'll ever nominate a WWE 2K game for a sports. Maybe. I don't, I don't I know. I think I've seen one nominated for, like, best sports game in the past, if I'm being honest. Okay, fair. I have in the past before, but... Um, okay. Well, all right, folks, there you have it. That was our... Um, our predictions and votes for the upcoming Game Awards, which again airs December yeah. December 7th, uh, Thursday, December 7th, um, live on everywhere, Twitch, YouTube, whatever. And if you can't catch it live, you can always catch the replay later on. It'll be a video you can watch on YouTube. So, yes. Um, so, yeah. Um, and before we go, I have, you know, I, I, I mentioned it a couple times throughout the episode, but... You know, in case you're wondering, every year I do my own top 10 list of like my top 10 f- mm-hmm. favorite games that year. And I have a con, I've been doing it since 2016. And for a couple years here, I've been holding a contest with it where I, um, I give you a chance. I, I put a video out, it'll have the rules and it'll have a list of nominees. And you watch the video and you look at the nominees and you have to guess out of like the 15 to 20 games nominated, which 10 made my list and you get points for the correct guesses. And if you can correctly guess my game of the year, you get bonus points and the winners, which there is a first, second and third place tier get win gift cards uh, for the gaming platform of their choice. So and watch out, everybody, because I am going to be. Uh, competing in this contest as well right this year right so um there'll be more rules and i want stuff. that spider-man 2 game y'all <laughs> so if you are at all interested in this contest then find me on youtube under oversoul gaming if you're not listening to this on youtube if you're listening to it somewhere else go to youtube and look me up oversoul gaming you'll know the avatar by the blue hair um and subscribe so that you know when that contest video comes out it should be coming out monday the 27th that'll be when i put that video out you can listen to the rules and then you can leave your entry ideally in the comments of that video um yeah and you will have there'll be more rules explained in the video itself but basically the deadline will be um the midnight on the 26th of December and then on December 27th I'll put out the top 10 video and then a week after that I will put out a video announcing the winners so okay and then the winnings will be distributed over the next couple of months after that that's how I did it last year so um so pretty pretty simple very small effort on your part for the potential to win money yes so yes um But yeah, so with that in mind, that'll be it for this episode. So thank you all so much for listening. Um, Let me know your Game Awards predictions and who you're hoping will win and what you're you're hoping to see in the comments down below. If you're on YouTube, or you can shoot me an email at MrOversoul53 at gmail.com. Or follow me on the website formerly known as Twitter at Oversoul53. And uh, you... 
uh, me, you can find me on the website formerly known as Twitter at the Vaping Fiend. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at the.vaping.fiend. And why not follow me on Twitch too at the Vaping Fiend. Hell yeah. And, um, yep, that's it for this episode. We look forward to, we'll be doing a post game awards episode after the game awards, the week after, ideally, hopefully. Yes. Because um, it comes out that Thursday, we're hoping that you know we both get a chance to watch it and then record an episode that weekend and put it out next mm-hmm. the following week. So yeah, um, so and we'll talk about our reactions to the announcements and the winners and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. yep. So that's it for this one. Thank you all so much for listening. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you in the next one. Good night, everybody. Mm-hmm. Bye.